Well, good afternoon and good morning to all of you from uh, beautiful Greater Boston. I have my friends here from the West Coast. Uh, my name is Christine George, and I am your host of the No Like Trust podcast, as well as the co-founder of Post and Beam Creative. And today, I am super excited to have Deborah Trapin back on the show in part three of our series on Woman Up, the, the movement that started with the California Association of Realtors. Joining me and Deborah today is Kathy Sharit. Kathy is part of the Woman Up movement and will be at the retreat in June in just a couple of weeks. So I can't wait to dig into that. Um, but before we do, just a little bit about Kathy. Um, first, she's incredibly talented and she wears many hats. And we had a prep call, I think it was last week, and we could have spoken for probably five or six hours. Um, she has over 25 years of experience in the real estate space. She's the VP of operations of a, an independent brokerage in uh, San Francisco. She is also a director at uh, CAR and SFAR. Uh, and she has managed and led successful teams and offices in San Francisco uh, and personally sold over 275 properties over the course of her career, which is like, wow. Um, but she's also a coach incredibly insightful. And the most cool thing about Kathy, I think, is that she's a TEDx presenter. So super excited to have you on the show today. Welcome back, Deborah, and welcome, Kathy. Thank hey. you. It's what a pleasure to be here with both of you. How exciting. How very exciting. It, it is very is. exciting. Hanging out with Christine is one of my favorite things. And so whenever she invites me to come co-host or hang out, I'm like, yes, it's always a a holy hell yes, right, Kathy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as Christine kind of mentioned at the beginning, oh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Trapin. Uh, today I'm wearing my co-creator of Woman Up Hat. <clears throat> and I want the world to understand your flow inside the community, Kathy. Like mm -hmm. you have, I feel like um, Woman Up has a great analogy to church when it comes to you. It's like you kind of walked in the room and you sat down at a table right? You sat in your pew and then you raised your hand and you were on the show. And then from the show, you were on the stage. And then from the stage, you became a wave maker and a sponsor. And it's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you have really had a beautiful journey inside the Woman Up experience. And I'd love to hear like how that started and what inspired you to raise your hand and level up over the years. Well, I would have to say the start began when there was a clearing in the forest. Uh, and I say that for on the initial basis for me, when things in my life were able to like be calm in a, in a situation, in a brand new situation, I had found myself 20 years in the business looking for what's going to be next. And rather than being in my head, I kind of just kind of let my heart settle a little bit with things are going to be different now. At the same time, the world was changing. The world was really changing. Even pre-COVID, there was a huge awakening to the underutilized under power and presence of women. And I don't mean just in real estate. In real estate, I think that there was an underutilization of that. And so I started noticing throughout all of the, the place the world where women were showing up, but just not being present to what could be possible because we thought the hard part was showing up. 
We thought the hard part was getting the degree or getting the license or getting the kids ready before we walked out the door. So we had overcome so many hurdles to be present in an arena of of public display that we were kind of thinking, okay, now now let's do what's next. And Mm -hmm. what's next was sometimes handed to us like here, do this. Here, here's an opportunity. Now, I know this is a, a, a terrible generalization, <clears throat> but women were earning the right into the room, but not necessarily speaking up for what could be different because we were still kind of committed to investing in the status quo. And this was maybe 10 years ago. Now I started to see that women were waking up and they were saying, okay, now that I'm here, I want to do things a little differently. I want to be a part of it. When when you and Leslie and Sarah did the women up, I was, um, I had just bought a couple of tea rooms. And when, and so I was, I was working in the restaurant business and selling real estate. It was, it was a renaissance period in my life. But what I understood when I got into the tea room business was I started seeing the power of women. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be 65 this year. When I was growing up in business, I was supposed to be male-like I was supposed to be a lighter version of John Wayne, cute, but not too attractive uh, in the room, but don't bring too much attention to yourself. Be more like a man than you are like yourself. And then you'll get things done. That's how we get things done. So when I got into the tea room business, I really started seeing the softer and the stronger side of women, of what it is to be a strong woman, not to be a lighter version of a man, but what is it to be a strong woman? And um, yeah, the, the merging um, started happening. I hope that wasn't too. No, no, I, th- I think that's great. You know, I, I think the interesting thing, and you know, I know you, you and I have had many conversations about like the, the spiritual awakening in the divine feminine, whether that shows up in a woman's body or a male body does not matter. That is, that is rising in the pandemic kind of really um, Mm -hmm. highlighted that for sure. Uh, I'm what I hear when you're saying this is that the rising of women wasn't, it wasn't overnight, right? It's been a gradual shift for us, right? Take another little baby step because real estate is a great example of this. It was a, it's a male designed industry, Men started the real estate uh, um, industry, the structure of it, the licensing, the in order to do this, you must do this first, the structure and order of things. Uh, But it's a very female dominated space. So male designed, female dominated. Mm. Now, tea is the opposite. It's well, actually, there is I mean, there are some cultures where men are very into the tea service of things, but usually it is a very female designed and dominated space. Uh, And I think that there's so, there's so much to, for us to slow down with around that, right? Tea is about slowing down. Tea is about, you know, the the brewing and, or, or even just the choosing of the botanicals that go into the water and the water being the right temperature and in the water long enough and just the waiting and the, the being as it's happening versus the doing of corporate or the doing of real estate, the being that's woven into tea. And I think we're all craving that more and more. And maybe it's because we're getting older, um, but I feel like the younger generations are too. Don't you ladies? 
I, 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 you know, it's funny. I never really drew the analogy to, to T and the evolution that I went through. And it was more of an evolution than a revolution. I know that um, many people have their own version of coming into their true power. But for me, it was an evolving. And one of the things was I used to think the feminine aspect of my personality was the weaker side. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just kind of pause on that. And it was reinforced mm-hmm. yeah. socially. So I would, I had, I had dominated the masculine side of all of my traits to get along, to get by, to get in the club. And that was the number mm-hmm. one thing to check the box and pass the test. And in <laughs> so diminishing the feminine aspects that were within me, but let yet not as valued by me by me. So I really wasn't a victim of the world as much as I was um, limiting my own powers, limiting my own design uh, based on what I thought was going to be socially acceptable. Kathy, I have a a question on that for you. And that is, um, you know, so much of what you're talking about. and, And I think for Deborah and I, as Gen Xers, we, we grew up in that same way where, you know, go to work, um, be cute, but not too cute, you know, show up, but don't be too loud. Only speak when being, you know, when asked and so on and so forth. It's, 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 it's taught to us (laughs) so subliminally, right. From infanthood, um, and not, you know, not in a ill intended way, just in, because that's the way it is. And, how do we, and I see it even in younger girls. I know I'm struggling to get this out, right? Like, how do we even become, I mean, I'm 52 years old and it's only in the last, I mean, I think I've, it's been a seed throughout my adult life, but it's only in the last probably five years where I have really started to acknowledge and become aware of my femininity and the beautiful thing that it is and what it can bring to any situation, whether it's personal or professional, how do we inspire the younger generation to actually understand that it exists, acknowledge it and embrace it? Hey everyone, Christine here. Are you spending lots of time behind a screen creating listing and marketing collateral when you could be out meeting with clients? Introducing Posted Meme Creative. We're a marketing services company that removes the burden of sitting behind a screen and saves you time so you can focus on building your business. We know sitting behind a screen creating collateral isn't making you money. We also understand that you may not be ready to hire someone to do the things you know need to be done. And that's where we come in. Post and Beam Creative produces gorgeous, custom-designed collateral for every single listing. And we provide an online community with marketing tools, education from experts across our industry, and a playground of pros like you. Embrace the work you love and empower yourself by delegating what you don't love. Let Post and Beam help you. Visit postandbeamcreative.com for more information and to schedule a one-on-one meeting with me. I, I think that the first thing is that leading by example. And not, not once we wake up, once I woke up, to the fullness of the life within me, not just the the constant teeter-totter of of trying to negotiate which part of me is going to show up, but to show up in the fullness of who I am. And the 
the fallibility of it too, as well, It that there needs to be that invitation. Now, I don't think it just has to do with younger women and, and all of that other thing. We're also dealing with the personification of perfection on social media. So it's like, mm-hmm. who's going to show up with, with their full self when you can edit yourself and make that and make that call. And so there's, there's, and, and I have no problem with that because I do editing too. You know, I don't want everything. If I'm trying to sell something, I don't want it all up there that, you know, so I edit as well. <laughs> and, and I also know that there's a points where genuine interaction is, is the world is thirsting for authentic, yes. genuine interaction. And I did a talk yesterday for my association. I, I did it on, um, I was a keynote speaker for our sales rally. And there were things that I thought at the end of it, my son filmed me and I thought, oh, and I looked at the film and I thought, oh, I meant to say this instead of that. I should have done this and I should. And I had this, this version of myself, but four women came up to me afterwards and said, can I have your number? Can I call you? So I got up there. And I and I had my and I had my time and I touched the hearts of the minds that needed to be touched and by me yeah. that day. So I think that we kind of, you know, I said it once and I Leslie and I have talked about it. Sometimes we put our own glass ceiling on ourselves through too much of that of that edification that we do upon ourselves before we go out into the world and play. I think that we need yes. to go out in the world and play who we are, how we are in the right time and space. Yeah. And let that be well, an think, invitation. Yeah, I think a lot of that, though, ladies, is because of how we were taught. It's not like we right. came out of the shoot going, I need to do A through Z before I can. Yes. Like we we come out of the shoot thinking I can yes. do anything. We'll put our finger anywhere. We'll sit our butt down anywhere. We have no qualms about it. And I think that that's um, each generation is learning this faster, I think, because of social media, the, the, the filtering aspect and the inauthenticity of a lot of it, the, the scheduled vulnerability posts, you know, the ones that are like a mile long and they're like, oh, let me just tell you my, my life story in this Instagram post. Those, I think those opened the door for people going, oh, yeah. I can have a mental illness. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I can be struggling with body image. And so while they were, they felt, un, felt unauthentic, they had a purpose and social media yeah. has created an opportunity for us at any age, right? I think Sherry Chris talked about this in 2018 at the woman up conference, the generation C the connected generation, that's all of us, anybody who wants to be part of that game, because we were in a still in a stage of unlearning a lot of the things that we mm-hmm. were taught we had to do in order to be like, like get a, you have to get a degree before you can run a business. Well, that's, we've clearly found that's not true, but we mm-hmm. all thought that. And so, so many of my, my peers are dragging around six figures in debt because they thought they were told they had to do these things. And now they're selling real estate or running a coaching business <laughs> and not even using it, right? Because they found, like Kathy saying at the beginning, like when you find your center, like your purpose flows right out of you. The second you're in that yeah. space, it's like, what are you doing here in these four walls? Like, get out, girl. Like, go out there and test out the waters. And Kathy, I know you've read this book because I heard you talk about it uh, on, I think maybe it was a wisdom session in the Woman Up community, but the heroine's Mm -hmm. journey. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. I mean, that book. So I have the funnest story about that book. So in when I graduated high school, my AP teacher was a hoot. She was like a cross between Grace and Frankie, the Netflix show. Yeah. <laughs> so she she had a, a, a classy hippie look to her, but wild hair. And, and Heroine's Journey came out that year. And she was like, you have to read this book this summer. And so I remember reading this book and thinking, wow, the, women think that way? Because I've never had an experience in business. And, yeah. and I, I never really thought about the seed it planted because I never thought that I couldn't do something when I was going through the ranks. I mean, I had men say, oh, you can't ask for that. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, I know they did, or you can't make that much because the men don't make that much. Well, that's their fault, you know, but it's because mm -hmm. of that book. And so I also think that the access to us sharing what books in, like inspired us yeah. and, and shifted us and cracked us open. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the heroine's journey. Cause I think that a lot of what we're talking about is that whole daughter, you know, father's daughter. Yes. Yes. Girl. Being a good girl, being a good girl, right. Yeah. The, the way that we defined good girl and we wanted to be good because good meant we'd be accepted. And then after we were accepted, you know, I lived my whole life thinking once I get in, I'll do what I want. Right. But right. once I got in, I just kept doing what it kept, kept to be getting in and getting in and getting in and following the rules. But the, mm -hmm. what blew me away about the heroine's journey, because I read the hero's journey and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I bow to him, bow to Joseph Campbell. And I read, you know, that he was actually 37 years being a teacher in a woman's college. So he retired as a professor in a woman's college. And so he, <laughs> he credits learning on everything. But then I read Maureen Murdoch and Jean Houston's reply yeah. to them. And when they asked him, what about the women? And he said, oh, you guys are already at where we need to be. And then the whole world said, sure. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, that's just the beginning of the story. That's right. So Maureen yeah. Murdoch in her heroine's journey, she points out to all the little things that we've done to fit into a world that was built by the patriarchal. And to have Joseph Campbell reply to them, well, you guys are already good little girls. You're doing exactly what you need to be. We need to be more like you. It just means, you know, just for me, it felt like just keep dusting the tabletops and keeping the coffee fresh and we'll all get along yeah. just fine. Yeah. And so I, I went beyond that and I read some books by Kasha or Eubanks and she's got some powerful books on why are we still so quiet? Mm. And so when mm -hmm. I did my TED talk, it came as part of my personal evolution where I had this, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it here and you can interpret it as you want. I woke up one morning and I, I pray every morning and I woke up and I was just like in a state of receptivity. And I got this voice inside of me that said, you do not have because you do not ask. And I responded to that mm -hmm. voice by saying, well, people should know what I want, you know, because I'm so mm -hmm. busy doing the calisthenics or, or I don't want to ask. I'll seem too needy or I'll seem too weak or I'll seem like I'm not yeah. empowered. Mm. But it hit me. You do not have because you do not ask. Why don't I ask? Well, I don't want people to think I can't do it on my own. Mm. I don't mm -hmm. want people to think I'm in need of something. I don't want people to think I'm desperate. Mm -hmm. And then reading Kasha, she said, women don't have what they want in life because they don't ask for it. Because we, here's the bottom line. We don't think we deserve it unless we earn it. And we have to go through three times the hoops to earn it. And yes. so therefore we're better. Yeah. So we become both <laughs> victim and martyr in the same breath. Yeah. And then wonder why and when, we're exhausted. 
Yeah. And, and, um, that, so Deborah told me about this book. And so I started listening. I'm about a quarter of the way through it. Um, and it just goes right back to what she says in the book, which is that it's because of the, like you were talking about Deborah, it's the structure that we've been brought up in, which is male designed. Right. And the dad was the one, he was the hero, right? He was the one that you were trying to gain that approval from and wanted to be most like. And the only way you can do that is to become a man, right? Um, Male-like, but so not so much so that you give up your attractiveness. You still need to stay attractive well, exactly. and welcome. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Kasha does this thing, and, I'll, and, and I think you can relate, and I love this. She does this study. She says, okay, I'm going to ask, I've asked 500 women a question, but I gave them orders. Do not answer me until you ask me three questions. And so she stands in a stadium room full of women and says, points at one and says, why aren't you married? And she says, I am married. I've been married for 20 years. She goes, okay. So she goes to the next one. Why don't you have children? Well, I don't need children. I don't want children. And, and by now the room's starting to get it. Nobody has asked her three questions back. Right. She says, I stand in front of a room full of men and I say, why aren't you married? And they say, what's it to you? Why aren't you married? Who are you to ask me? Why aren't you married? That's none of your business. We yeah. are prone to please immediately. And so if you ask me a question, I have got to respond. If you ask my male mm -hmm. counterpart a question and it doesn't fit into their schedule, they'll go silent. Yes. Because they're not programmed to respond. And so we have programmed ourselves. So people who ask the most questions influence outcomes. And if we're sitting in rooms feeling un undeserved and in invisible by not asking questions, even if we do think fast, our intricate manners of being able to create a new outcome. And that's why my mission statement is to create an alliance of courageously strong women who choose to influence outcomes and create opportunities by speaking yeah. themselves into the room. Yes. Even if we yes. seem awkward, one story, one question, one day at a time. It's like, yes. These things yes. are so subtle. They're so, so subtle. Like, you know, I think part of what, what needs to happen is more of these kinds of conversations, right? Like I remember growing up, both of my parents said, you could do or become whatever you want. I mean, that's what I was told time and time and time again. And yet I think there was an expectation that I do certain things in a certain order and certainly not because of anything mm. that they said, but it's all those little, little things that create that sort of self-imposed expectation, right. You know, to, that get us to exactly what you're, where you're, what you're talking about and checking off those boxes and being the good girl and pleasing and not disappointing and, well, and not I bringing mean, unnecessary attention to yourself. So correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, Linda, Linda Babcock wrote the book, um, women don't ask. I don't know if either mm, of you have read that yet, no, but the, there's something in inside that book that, that actually kind of, there's a red thread, even all the way back to Cassandra. And the have you read uh, Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Both of those books are kind of are around this topic, right? Around 
the books we've we've been told to read, the top 100 books at any large, you know, educational institution, 98% of them are written by men. Their mm-hmm. topics are war or sports analogies. Uh, and that's how we, the, those are the books we consumed. But Linda talks about like women don't ask because from a tiny age, we're taught to ask in order to act. Like you have to ask for a snack. You have to ask to be go to go out on a date. You have to ask to go to the prom. You have to be asked to get married. Now, again, these are shifting in the next generation. Right? We had the Sadie Hawkins dance when I was in mm-hmm, high school, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the one time where the girl yeah. <laughs> was allowed to ask the boy. I don't, mm-hmm, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing those don't even exist anymore because it's, yeah. you know, things are different. Now they have these whole like promposals and, you know, they're doing videos to ask each other to go to the prom. But, but my point is, is that she talks about how from a we lassie were taught that in order to take that step, in order to have that thing, we have to ask we are, we have to be asked. We have to be invited. Would you like this? As opposed to when we say I'm hungry, can I have that? It's like, well, you just yeah. ate, or there's a reason why you can't have what it is that you seek. So until the reason we don't ask for things is because we've been taught, Mm-mm, let me, let me tell you when it's time. I will tell you yes. when I'm ready to get married by giving you this ring. I will tell you, I want to go on a date by, by coming to you. And so they wait to be asked right? This idea yeah. of women wait to be asked. And these conversations, and that happens on the woman upstage every time, every Friday on, on the show, someone in the, in, in this chat stream, someone sitting in a chair is like, I never thought about it. My whole life, I have been waiting to be asked. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to shift that. And, and yeah. so I think that once we, we start to unlearn that, and then we have to pass it on, right? Uh, we can't keep it to ourselves. We have to <laughs> Talk about the the freedom that exists on the other side of of asking. It's actually not that scary. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think a lot of it, and especially one thing that you said, Deborah, when you were saying how um, I think somebody else was always trying to manage the outcome for our life. I think that there was this perception: I love you, you're a little weaker. And so let me help you get what it is I think that you need because I'm going to take care of the outcome. And whether that be, you know, and I, I even think that the response Joseph Campbell had for Maureen, Morda- Maureen Murdoch was a little bit like that. Oh, no, we've yeah, got that handled, dearie. We've got that handled. And so there was that that you can be you under the context of me over 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 sure. structuring whatever needs to be happening. That's so, the glass ceiling, right? It's a glass ceiling and it was initiated in love. It was initiated in love. And so because part of the good girl is not wanting to be inappropriate, at least I can speak speak that for me, that I didn't want to, what was that, um, you know, look, look into a, you know, be ungrateful for what people were doing for me. So then I was trained to be Mm. grateful for that. So it's very interesting because ever since I started becoming a better asker, I look at women and say, well, did you ask them why? Why did they say that? Yeah. Well, Tell me mean? more. Yeah. Yeah. And and she goes, well, you know, and whether it be in workplace or anything, I mean, the simple question is, well, what's behind that statement? Can you be a little clearer as to why we're going in that direction? I don't quite understand what you're getting at. Can you re-clarify that for me? And uh, quite often, a woman courageous enough to speak that question into a room with, and even in my boardroom, three women, 12 men. 
okay, could we have some clarity around this direction, this new promotion where everybody else is asleep or looking at their phones, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, it wakes people up when you have the courage to ask a question to what we used to just kind of nod to thinking somebody other than us had a better answer. Yeah, it's better for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And because well, so- there's some sort of validation in those rooms that we're seeking. And, and if we say the wrong thing and lose some social capital that we not, might not be invited to that table next time. And so that the good girl does rear. Um, but I isn't it funny that we can just go get another table? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just and, get another and table. And we know that now. We know that yeah. now. That was something that even though it seems so, well, duh, of course we can. 20 years ago, it wasn't Mm-mm. as easy as it is today. No. And part of that, I mean, part of it is the internet and the access to, I can build a yeah. website in 20 freaking minutes and put my where put my pottery out there or my consulting services. I can provide for myself and my family without a man in between that. I can get my news from where I want to get it. I don't have to turn on the news at night at an exact time and have the news that's spoon fed to me through, let's be real, at the top, it's a white dude who's who's filtering all of that news, which by the way, is usually awful. It's death yeah. and destruction yeah. and and or angst around the sports team that lost. It, it's rarely good news, right? right? There, well, it's, it's like access. It's, Yes, it's yes. access. Yes. And, you know, I getting bringing it back to women up. I also think that um, what you and Sarah and Leslie have created in woman up is um, an environment that allows women to to be free to trial, you know, oh, asking so and to trial being vulnerable and, so you know, putting yourself out there so that. Mm. You know, when you are at the board table with three other women and 12 men, maybe it's a little easier to step up and speak your voice or ask the question, you know, Um, so. And I and the more that we can do that to validate. I mean, I did watch a a YouTube with Maureen Murdoch the other day and a young woman was interviewing her during COVID. And she said, what what you you all need to do that we didn't we we started doing, but it's now your turn. We need to validate each other's voice. And yes. when, and so as we validate it, even to come up to say, you know, like, even if it's something, it's not necessarily a course correction, but to validate that you had the courage to stand up and, and present your ideas, your right. product or your services. Right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. That, that yep. meant the world to me. And so when we validate that, that's a lot of it. So it's not just leading by example, but it's that mentoring and coaching. I follow the Utah State Women's College also on there. They do a lot of women's leadership development. And they were talking about how um, personal relationships within business and with for women is the next step. So whether it's mentoring, coaching, friending, pulling up beside somebody that that is. So this whole college is taking on how do we de- develop more human development pieces for women mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. there? Because the good old boys have been golfing for centuries. Women are busy. They're coming in, they're dropping off their kids, they're coming in to work. They don't have a golf cart and the golf in the back of their trunk. They have baby wipes or they have the soccer <laughs> schedule, what or they have plans for their next for their next stop. 
And so we need to make our, and I don't want to go golfing with everybody. I need to I make my relationships. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I don't want, yeah. I want to make my relationships in the boardroom count. I want to be, I want to do that. And so when we, when we are that for each other, when we validate, that was good. I'm glad you brought that point up. I'm glad we're moving forward on this. Introducing OnTrack Agent, a new stream and learn service that is designed to get you the answers you need as a real estate agent when you need it. Like Christine George speaking on the power of your business plan. Agents who invest time to set goals and put a roadmap in place to reach those goals grow their business 25 to 50%. And the reality is just by showing up today, you've shown a commitment to you and your business. Let's dig in. Find this and more at OnTrackAgent.com. Finally, get the information you need in a single click. No upselling, no click funneling, no contracts. Just click and stream short, powerful videos that answer your questions. Or sign up for full in-depth sessions that can take your business to the next level. Go now to OnTrackAgent.com to get your free account. OnTrackAgent. Access to top trainers in a single click. Yeah. That's I have a question for you. Good. Oh, sorry. No. Go ahead, Deborah. No, no. I was just going to say that's such a great reminder and highlighting that. Like, I, I want to make sure everyone heard that. Like, it, it, that is part of our responsibility to each other, right? Yes. Um, and like in 2018, I did this talk around empowering your lioness pride. And because there was so much angst, this was pre COVID and everybody was exhausted. Everybody, we were like, the pendulum had swung so far. Everyone was doing everything. And, and I was talking about this idea of we can honor each other, even if we don't agree with each other. Yes. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to support someone whose goals are out of alignment with my values. I can honor her silently. I don't have to say, I don't like that. Even if I don't like it, I don't have to do that. And right now I think we're in a time where it's like, let's focus on the validation. I love the idea mm-hmm. of a simple action, Kathy, right? Like validating, repeating what she said and giving a, a validation, a celebration, you know, framing that one more time for everyone around the table that it was her idea and it was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Like that is beautiful idea. I love that. And and Deborah, I'm going to ask that we take that challenge just one step further. And also when we receive validation, when we receive public accolades, when somebody comes up and says, you did great, that we don't diminish it with a yeah, but... And yeah, uh, yeah. oh, oh, I didn't do as much as I wanted to. I mean, it took everything for me to not diminish my own capacity in public thinking that that sense of humility was somehow more socially acceptable. So if I, I really not only do we validate freely, but that we receive openly and without mm. the yeah, but without the I could have done better without the self-defamation, because that in and of itself mirrored back to the individual is yeah. the way yes, we want does. them to. Do you know how many women start off their speech by saying thank you all for being here as if we're thanking them before we give them anything? We're in this to win win. Or how many people over-apologize? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. Oh, my hair is not right. Oh, this isn't what I had planned. So we enter into a room in a Mm -hmm. diminished capacity and wondering why we don't step up. So 
we need to also mirror back receiving the grace of somebody else's mm-hmm. kindness and generosity and mm-hmm. receiving it openly because that will mirror back how we can stop people from apologizing or overthinking people for being part of a yeah. community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing so that true. I started doing earlier, well, so the, the last couple of years I've been slowly moving towards living by the moon as opposed to the month. Yeah. Oh. Right. Like January 1st isn't the start. The first new moon of the year is my start. And I kind of flow with that every 28 days. And it's been wonderful. Uh, It's been different, (laughs) right? It's like, it's different. Like even how I read social media feels a little awkward at times, but, but there is, there is a, when we share what it is that we're doing, that's different. It allows people to step into the light and try their something different. Mm-hmm. Right. When, yes. And even something as simple as, you know, the art of saying no and it all, you know, only saying yes to things that are holy hell yeses, like that's very hard for, for a lot of women, a lot of humans, but yeah. a lot of women, we hear that over and over in the woman up community. And, and one of the things that we hear over and over again, not only at the, the conferences and the retreats and the meetups that are in person, but in emails and inside the chats is, Hearing someone else say no sounded so awkward at first. And then when I tried it, it made it a little easier and less awkward. And then I did it again and I did it again. And I canceled that appointment on my, on my schedule that I didn't need to be at. That was a people pleasing set, you know, say yes. So I think that it's, we we're, we're kind of hitting the same concepts over and over again in our conversation, right? It's like, once we learn something, we, we pass it on, we shine a light on it and say, this really worked for me. And that's what a lot of the women on the stage do, right? They're, they're opening their, their hearts, they're cracking it open. And they're saying, they're letting their wisdom spill out. And then they're going onto the larger stages and doing that. They're going into the larger tables and saying, scooch over. I'm bringing my chair in. I'm not waiting to be invited to be at this table Mm -hmm. because I know I'm worthy. I've got the applause when I made my statements. I had the people come up afterwards and ask me for my number. So I know what I said mattered to the people that was meant to meant for. I think that it's just feeling that right. It's once you feel it, it's kind of, you want it a little bit more. Ooh, yeah. It gives you the energy and the confidence. Ooh. Yeah. 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 So, okay. so okay. I, I have a two part question. Um, and that, that is, uh, the first part is really, so, so we're practicing, right. We're practicing, we're leading by example. We're starting to sh- sort of shift the, the thinking and the dynamic for women. What is, what is the next step for men? What is their role in all of this? How can the men in our lives also evolve with us instead of being siloed, right? Um, And second part of the question is, how do we impart this to the men we're bringing up? You know, the boys that we're raising. I, I love that question because into that fullness of life, I believe that the, if, if I was to agree that nothing is really wrong with me, my the, the masculine side within me that has been developed is now completely married with the feminine in me that has woken up to who she truly is. So as I feel that sense of fullness within myself, 
And that's what I bring to my dinner table, to the boardrooms, dare I say, to my bedroom. It's it's that part of me, that fullness, <laughs> that alive part of me is not afraid or intimidated. I'm neither impressed nor intimidated by either side. And as as that, I I I talk to my sons head on, you know, and 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 I let them know the chivalry isn't dead. If anything, it's reawakened and redefined itself as part of the of the powerful woman that, you know, um, if you see a woman who needs your help at a party because she overserved herself, then you're her ally. You don't stand by you are not because that that woman is physically incapable of handling things that she may or may. So ally, be an ally, be the be the be the be the the physically stronger person that, you know, you can be at that time. Acknowledge that. Welcome that in. And at the same time, ask permission because everything is is that way. So there is that ebb and flow, that seeing life on life's terms. And even, and this doesn't have to be sexual. You know, for me, I am heterosexual. So my partner is a man, but I do believe that true partnerships are formed when the individual themselves is in alignment with themselves. And I know that I have a good friend of mine, Trevor Baum, who started a, a movement called Man Uncivilized or Uncivilized Man. And I love it because he realizes that a lot of men have shrunken into the less a lesser version of themselves out of their level of fear. So you think how the cloud of fear has diminished human capacity so much that we need to be re re tuned up to who we are within ourselves. So, so we're, that's kind of a big thing. And, and I, and I said something earlier that I really think is important is that women, a lot of us need to, a lot of, I had to get away from my victim story. Right. Because my victim and my martyr were very closely aligned. And, you know, you just scratch me one wrong way and weapons fly. And so I needed to soften up the victim martyr a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I needed to realize, yeah, I've been through hell and I was and I didn't wouldn't have chosen that. I won't choose it for my daughter. And boy, am I happy I have a daughter and a granddaughter, too. I wouldn't choose that for my daughter. But I understand now that um, being a woman does not mean anymore what Helen Gurley Brown being a man light and uh-huh. being and that the very best part of me can come out. And I can hope and pray that that's an invitation for everybody to kind of reunite on the best part of me. Uh-huh. Um, my partner now, he's a great man and he loves the questions I ask him. It's like, let's just stop. And what are we doing here? You know, and yeah. and the way that I share my feelings has given him opportunities to share where he's coming from, too. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they're yeah. having to learn a, a way of being as well. Sarah Jenks, I don't know if any of you follow her on Instagram or or uh, Facebook, but she, um, her and her husband, he's he actually just started a, a program. I feel like it's called Holy Man. I'm not sure, but she kind of broke out of um, the you know kind of conservative space. She was a coach. Um, in church, you know, there, there's a lot of people who've had their awakenings around that. So we don't need to dig into that, but her, her, she was having the same issues with her husband. It was like, God, I feel like I'm leaving him in the dust. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. he, it, because he's like, who, who you are not the woman I married and, and change is one thing. But when you're going from, you know, every Sunday you're doing these things to all of a sudden, you know, you're like me, you're, you're lighting a candle on the full moon and howling a little, you know, it's like, what the heck happened? <laughs> um, but Andrew as well is very curious about that. He's, you yeah. know, he's, 
he's leaning into it. And so just like in the eighties where they were telling women who wanted to climb the ladder, like you either need to be single or have a man who's going to support you. You, you need that still. I mean, it's always our partners are, are a big piece of that and also falling in love with and chasing your girlfriends, like your mm-hmm. sisterhood, mm-hmm. because our, our partners, our romantic partner isn't always going to be the person who's going to be super supportive of all of those things, every change in every season. And so having a sisterhood that you can say, oh my God, I read this amazing book about whatever it could be you know, from onboarding to orgasms, like it doesn't matter. Like you want to talk about it in your way. Having that, that group of, of women is so important. Uh, Pam Blair put, put out a reel earlier this week. I know that you saw it for sure, Christine, because you commented on it, but she was just kind of sharing like her story of coming to woman up and how, you know, in 2019, she was like, gosh, I, I, I think she just wasn't fitting. Like she just felt like the pieces weren't fitting. And she decided that she was going to pay attention to who she surrounded herself with. And she yeah. came to woman up. I met her through Stephanie Chumbly and it was like, oh, she's got this beautiful story and yoga bug and she's into yoga. And oh my gosh, she's going to love Molly and Christine. Like this is going to be a great place for her. I invited her and her, her whole life shifted because really she, has. she, she, she was brave in her own yeah. braveness to step up and say, I need a change. Like the people in my yeah. life are not lifting me up anymore and it's okay. And yeah. as women, we've been taught to collect people, to never let them go. Cause the more friends we have, the better person we are, the, 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 the more credits we're going to get at poorly gates, but it actually, it's like the releasing of, of yeah. people and places and products that no yeah. longer serves us. I think yeah. that is, that's something that as we get older, we're like, oh yeah, it's time to release time to purge. And it doesn't for sure bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, and getting back to what you were saying about, you know, having your sisterhood, I, I think it's actually unfair to expect that your spouse can serve that purpose for you, you know, no matter what, because your spouse, and I think, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but I guess I think when you choose a spouse, same sex or not, they can't be everything to you. You know, it's just not a fair expectation to put on any human. So that makes that sisterhood so much more important. Um, And I know, Deborah, you, you know, that, and you probably do too, Kathy, the different love languages. I think it's four or five love languages. Well, my husband, Greg, and I have, right. It's five. He's like the, um, uh, what is it? The doer, like the do, do good, do things for you. And I'm much more the, I need the validation and the affection. Right. And so we get into these things like every six months or so. And we just had this conversation this morning where he like, we will just like be, be going and like, we're an amazing team together and we can get shit done and we're supportive of each other. And then I get like lacking. I'm like, well, I haven't heard you say I love you or I appreciate you or thanks for doing all the things that you do. Um, And I'm always feel like I'm the one like initiating the hugs and stuff, you know? And meanwhile, he's feeling great because he's like, she's talking to my love love language to me, you know? She's doing all these wonderful things. And he's feeling great because he's like, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing all these great things for the marriage and the family (laughs) and all this stuff, right? And I had to stop and say, you know, we got to talk about this. The point I'm making is part of that is 
not accusing, accusing the other of not loving or not providing or not doing or being. It's more what you talk about, Kathy, which is we need to stop and sort of reevaluate what's going on. Something's not working for me. What's going on? Like ask the questions. Um, And I think when you come at it from a place of curiosity and wanting to understand the other person is doesn't isn't on the defensive is much more open to having the conversation and you end up in the right place and that <laughs> is the exact thing that happened this morning right it was like oh i didn't realize oh yeah like we we had this great like you know <laughs> ended up in a really good place you know like you just have to um that's part of i think this evolution for men i think is you know us sort of leading that open, vulnerable, curious conversation. Mm, so good. And I, right. and I love the, the idea that it's, um, it's an invitation and not an ultimatum. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. I lived, I lived under the guys and it was, I, I was just, I was born in the fifties. And so if you love me, you do this. Right. So that means you're not doing it. So you don't love me. So now I need to make a whole yes. other set of conditions to live my life by. <laughs> and all of it is because we scared ourselves into this thinking that isn't real. It isn't yeah. true, but it feels real. Right. There are yeah. things that happen because we have a tendency for me. I speak. I have so many thoughts and scenario thinking that things can feel real without being true in a in a second. Mm-hmm. And somebody could have already driven off, gone to another thing. And I'm making up a story and being yes. conscious, <laughs> being conscious of this has led me into this idea that we need to have a conversation. Now, the the funny part is, and I'll say this real quick, I learned the hard way in business and in home and everywhere that when I have expectations that aren't being met, it's most likely because I have an agreement that hasn't been made. Mm -hmm. And so I have to dial it back. Do we have an agreement? Was our agreement to meet here at the top of the hour? Yes. Okay. So I'm feeling a little lost. I'm sorry. I had to go to the grocery store for your, for your milk. Oh, okay. I understand. But again, we have to, I believe that expectations are just agreements that haven't been uh, discussed. And so when we can, so it's, it's a beautiful thing. So it's all back to the, and communication is masculine Mm -hmm. in the verbal form. Curiosity is, is about receiving. So that's feminine. I mean, if you just take the, the whole thing of when you're in a receiving mode, you're in a feminine aspect. When you're in a projectile mode, when you're in a doing mode, you're in a masculine aspect. And the idea that we're, we have the tendency of doing both is just our human nature. And whether we're fully human, we're fully human in all of our, in all of our escapades. So, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that. I'm sorry, Deborah, so cool. I cut you off with something. No, no, I was just, I'm going to give you a tip. There's an app called Love Nudge, Christine. It's based on the love languages and it shoots you each texts about like, Hey, like little reminders of, no, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's an app for anything. Right. (laughs) And, and I I remember Valerie Alexander had a kind of a happy bot um, company for a while that it it didn't, I I think that she shuttered the doors, but love nudge is great for that. You get little texts. I am totally downloading that. Totally. Can I just tell you a, go ahead. Go, no, no, please. Yes. I was just going to say, can I just tell you a quick story that led up to this whole thing this morning? So you guys familiar with the star Wars, I have an 11 year old. So we watch 
watch, we binge watch it all the time. And right. So there's that, I think it's in the second one, right. There's that scene when Han is going to get put in ice and she says, I love you. And he says, I know. Are you familiar with that line? Oh yeah. yeah, Right. Oh yeah. That's an empire strikes back. I hate it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, so yesterday Greg must've like known, right. I'm like, I'm cause I'm brewing. Right. And he sends me a text and he's like, Hey, I just, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you're doing for this, 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 and this, and, and how much I love you. And I was like, at this point already. And I go, thanks. <laughs> I texted him, just thanks. And that's what led to the conversation this morning. He's like, can we talk about the elephant in the room? And I said, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? He said, well, you know, you might as well have said, I know. And, you know, instead of thanks, he's like, you might as well just said, I know, like, like Han Solo did. And I just, of course I laughed and that's what sort of broke the ice. But, um, but yeah. Oh my God. You guys, it is like 10 of 10 your time. We've been on for 50 minutes. We need to wrap up, but I could stay on forever. I have two questions. One for you, Deborah, before we wrap, can you just like, like this is an amazing example, right? Can you talk a little bit more about or give us some examples of women who have really risen up as a result of the woman up experience? Oh my gosh, yes. Me. So, so <laughs> yes, <Me>. Kathy, Kama <laughs> uh, Burton, she went yeah. through the whole process right in front of all of us, going through the, te- you know, taking the yeah. broker's exam, failing the broker's exam, sharing that she failed the broker's exam, saying she's not yep. giving up. Passing it, a celebrating. Last year, actually, at the conference in uh, uh, Huntington Beach, we celebrated her two years at at CMB Realty Services. So she's a great example. Sabrina Brown. Uh, Sabrina was, I mean, she's all over in her hot pink now. But, you Mm -hmm. know, if you look back five, six, seven years ago, she was not living her life out loud. And she took the woman up stage. She shared her story and right. Like the rocket launcher happened. And, you know, she's the president of California's women's council of realtors this year. I mean, she is taking names along the way. Right. And she's bringing up a whole generation of women behind her who didn't see the diversity inside women's council. And she's like, Hey, I walk into the woman up room and it's super diverse. Shades, shapes, yeah. sizes, you name it. Everyone's in that room. Women's council can be the same. She's a great example. Pam Blair, we already talked about her, um, all the things that she's done. Jackie Soto is a great example. She's, uh, you know, she started a brokerage, uh, merged in another brokerage. She's been balancing the health concerns of her partner, building a massive empire, opening escrow companies. I mean, she just, she now has a security um uh, not security. She ha- now has a, a a beautiful network of mentors that she can tap into mm-hmm. at any moment, right? Because she's in her 30s. She's starting out in her journey. Uh, Carol Farrar is a great example. She built her brokerage up and then she had her first child and she was like, hey, I need to shift. How do I shift? So she found mentors inside the community that worked with their partners and were raising kids and and now has this beautiful, you know, farmette in the city and shares her experience left and right. Um, Lisa Dunn and Lori Namazi, they have mm-hmm. tried on lots of different um, activities, businesses, 
uh, personas. They they really have found their voice in the industry. Um, and I have to say you, Christine, you are a great example of a, of sure. a woman up success story. I mean, when we met, you were working in a corporate gig and it wasn't that you were unhappy. It, it, it's no. just you were not living your potential out loud and on purpose. Like you simply yeah. just weren't, you were kind of weaving it in and feeling like, okay, well, this is enough for now. And now look yeah. at you. My gosh. I know. That's hell amazing. Yes. That's a hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so Kathy, I have uh, two more questions for you before we wrap. One is of everything we talked about in the last hour, what are the three most important things you want people to take away from the conversation? That's a good question. Um, to be seen, heard, and rec- and let your value be recognized, to do that same acknowledgement for others, and to be in a position where you can become genuinely compassionate with the person in front of you while being completely engaged with the world around you, that we're living in a world of both and where we are. It's not one of the most beautiful things is like, how can I be both present to the individual and conscious of the world we're living in and, mm-hmm. and in doing so that we serve people at a higher level, just through our presence. It doesn't even have to be through our advice, but just being that showing up is showing up authentically like that and giving people the same, the same respect that, that you're willing to receive, not that you demand, but you're willing. A lot of times we're the filter, we're the glass yeah. ceiling in our own life. So, yeah. so that's, exactly. that's that. And, and lastly, just, and I, I, the, the movie that really shook me up this year was woman talking. And I say that because you never know what's going to happen when a room full of open-minded women sit down and see what could be the answer for what we're going through right mm. now. And if you haven't seen that movie, please watch it with 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 just an open mind and an open heart on what can happen when people we don't have to be the same. Women can be the model for that. We don't have to be the same to move towards the solution. So love that. And then the last question I have for you is finish this sentence. No, like trust is. Oh, it's a secret sauce. It's the, it's, it's what flourishes in an economy of trust. That's how we have to do it. And that's where we are. Beautiful. We're in it. Kathy, where can people find you? Oh, well, you can find me once you learn how to spell my last name, which is S-C-H-A-R-E-T-G and it's Kathy with a C. I'm at kathysharit.com. I will be relaunching that website. I'm also at Intero Real Estate in San Francisco, and so I am going to be here. Um, I'm in San Francisco and you can look me up there and that, you know, once you're a realtor, you're like on everything. You're, you're just not, you're not really a realtor if you can't be found on the internet. And lastly, oh, but most right. importantly is you can find me at women up on June 12th through the 14th. I'm yes! So excited. So excited to be there and be me a wave maker too. there. So that'll be amazing. Deborah, can people still register and buy tickets? Yes. Yes. So a couple of things on that. Go to IamWomanUp.com to get your ticket. There are also still, as of last night, we checked, there are still some of the rooms available. Our block was released back into the public feed. So the rooms that we had reserved for our community Um, Once they're gone, that rate that they gave us uh, is gone. So hop off the fence, 
make yourself a priority, invest Jump in yourself. In. Yeah. It's so, it's, yeah. it really is so delicious when we're, we're all together and we have such a beautiful tapestry woven this year of personal development, business planning and development and me time. You know, I think mm-hmm. the, the art of being is, is experiencing a renaissance, right? We're, we're realizing that being doesn't mean lazy or being passive. It actually does take focus and, and grit to just be. Yeah. And so yeah, join us, sure join us there. It's going, it's right across the street from Oceanside Beach and Pier. The walks, the walking tours are gorgeous. We've got yoga in the morning, um, a walk with the CAR leadership as well. It's, it really, it, it's culminates into the most balanced uh, content <laughs> that I believe we have had, right? It has a little bit of everything, including the lunch and learn that Christine and Carrie are uh, going to be part of, which is around planning your uh, putting together your marketing plan. And so come on and hang out with us. The three of us would love to see you there. Yes, absolutely. I am womanup.com. Hopefully we'll see everybody there till then. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening to the, or watching the replay, um, leave us a comment. Let us know if you're listening to the podcast, Um, leave us a five-star review, share it with your friends and, um, Have a wonderful day. It's great to see you both. And we'll see everyone else next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you.